sisters. Thank God for the musicians doing such a great job always and praying for our Sunday school teachers. Great to see Jackson and his parents. Amen. And God bless you. And we're going to turn to Jude. Glad to see everybody in the house of God. I know you're praying and I thank you for it. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your promises, God. Thank you for your help. God, we ask you to put your word down deep in our hearts, God. We know in ourselves we're so weak. In ourselves, Lord, we're flawed. But, Lord, you be our strength. You be our foundation in a world that is, Lord, just so dark and so, Lord, so full of fear, so full of hate, God. Fill us with life. Fill us with light, God. And help us to make a difference. We love you. We thank you. We ask it all in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Jude 1, just reading in verse 20. But ye, no matter what else is going around you, going around you, ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. God bless you. You can be seated. I know this is sadly a very strange topic for a lot of people that maybe have gone to church and called themselves Christians for most of their lives. But this Bible, praise God, throughout even the Old Testament points to a time when God's spirit, like Brother Dave was talking about, wouldn't be back behind those layers of curtains and veils. But that veil was torn. Amen. The access to the Spirit of God has been made available. This old, the Old Testament points to a day. Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost and said, this is what they were talking about in the book of Joel. This is that. Amen. There is so much of this Bible that points to a Holy Ghost experience where it's more than just following afar off, but that God would fill you. That God would baptize you. This is what John said. This one that's coming after me. Hallelujah. He's the Lamb of God. Look to him. He's going to baptize you in the Holy Ghost and fire. Hallelujah. It's that Holy Ghost that's going to burn away the chaff. It's that Holy Ghost that's going to burn away all the things that, 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 that are holding you back. So often when we turn to God and we're, we're, we're trusting Him that His blood has paid the price for our souls, we're, we're still fighting a battle. We still don't have the strength. We still have the, the wounds of our past. But when God fills us with His power, when God changes our lives, transforms us, Jesus said, you must, not it's a good idea, But you must, are you hearing me this morning, be born again. Amen. Born of the water and of the Spirit. Even after Jesus said, it is finished. Amen. Even after Jesus said, it is finished, he meets a resurrected Savior with his disciples and does not say, hey, start preaching, man. Look at them. They need, he said, go and tarry. For the promise of the Father, you need to be filled with this power. You need this baptism that we talked about of fire. Amen. There is a a wealth of information in the New Testament about how this mind and this way of thinking needs to be transformed. 
It needs to be transformed by the Spirit of God that would dwell within us. Amen. Our carnal man, our, our will, our best is not subject to the laws of God. And the Bible says neither can be. But we become one with His Spirit. God fills us with His power. God fills us with His Spirit. His, he makes us His temple. Amen. And things change. Amen. He begins, he puts life in us. If you haven't received the gift of the Holy Ghost, if you have not been filled with his power, let me tell you, today it's available. Today it's for you. Today that promise is unto you. Peter said this promise is unto you and your children and all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. It's still being poured out today. Hallelujah. Look what it says uh, in Acts, the 19th chapter. I feel like this is so different than the the outlook of so many Christians today. But this is what the Bible says. This is what a New Testament church. Paul, this great man of God, used by God. Amen. Acts 19 verse 1 says, And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth... Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples. He found some folks that were following Jesus. They were disciples of his. That was not uh, uh, debated. That was not, uh, he didn't confront them about that. Something about them, uh, as the Holy Ghost inspired Luke to write this down, said, hey, these guys are disciples. But Paul confronts them. And says, have you or have ye received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Now, how many people today would argue with Paul? How many people today, uh, it's, it is funny to me, they, they do it. People say, I don't, I, I'm not sure Paul, I'd, I'd rather, you know, follow what Jesus said. This is your Bible. Right. Amen. If God put it in his word, that's God working through Paul. Amen. This isn't, this isn't Paul, uh, contradicting Jesus. Paul contradicting Peter. This is the word of God, line upon line, precept upon precept. Amen. Amen. Paul asked them, have you received the Holy Ghost? Well, wait a minute. My church teaches me that when I believe I receive the Holy Ghost, that is absolutely opposite of what Paul said to these folks. Have you received? Did you get the Holy Ghost yet since you believed? Why would you ask such a thing? Because belief, repentance, turning from sin and turning and putting your confidence and trust in Jesus is an, an event that needs to take place in our lives. But the baptism of the Holy Ghost is a completely different event. Can it happen at that time? Absolutely. Can it happen when you're baptized in his name? Absolutely. But he said, hey, I I see your disciples, but when did you get the Holy Ghost? Did you receive the Holy Ghost since you believed? Have you been baptized like we've been baptized in this fire that Jesus spoke about? And look at these guys. I, I brag about these guys all the time because... They didn't say, just who do you think you're talking to? They didn't say, how dare you question where we are? They were hungry. They were disciples. They were believers. And they said, if you know that there's more that we don't have, say on. Amen. 
tell me all about it. I want to know about it. I want to, I want everything because these folks, they weren't, they weren't sinners that you can tell. They weren't people that Paul had to say, you know, if you'd straighten out your life, God would fill you. Amen. They were just, they just needed some teaching. They just needed some teaching like a, like, like Cornelius there in the 10th chapter of Acts. He's a praying man. He's a giving man. He's a kind man. He did a lot of great things for his community. But an angel comes by and says, Cornelius, Peter's going to come by and tell you how to be a Christian. Amen. Amen. Cornelius kind of had that same awesome attitude. You'll find Apollos was kind of like that as well. Hey, go ahead. I'm all ears. I'm not here to debate. And, you know, that's why Paul was able to tell the Corinthian church, search the scriptures. Examine yourself, rather, he said. Examine yourself whether you be in the faith. Right. A lot of times, rather than recognizing, I, I, need, I need to keep learning. I need to keep growing. We, we dig our heels into traditions. We dig our heels into what we've always believed and don't recognize an opportunity to grow. An opportunity to learn. An opportunity to have more of the blessings of God in our lives. Amen. He said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? They said unto him, we have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, well, then he backs up again and says, no, wait a minute. If you if you don't understand or you've not been taught about the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I suppose this is just my feelings because it says that they were disciples and it said that they had been baptized by the baptism of John. It makes me wonder if they didn't maybe hear about it, but didn't really get a clear understanding of it at the time. Because John and his baptism, you'll see when you read about that, it was a baptism under repentance. It was them saying, hey, I'm turning away from an old life. Bury that old life. Amen. Amen. Bury that old life. And and, uh, they said, well, we were baptized under the baptism of John, which was before the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. But we didn't know anything about this Holy Ghost Chances are good they probably heard something about it, but maybe just at that time it wasn't clicking for them, kind of like it didn't click for the disciples for a time. I don't know exactly, but I'm just telling you that here it says, they said, uh, Paul asked them, well, let's talk about how you were baptized. Well, Paul isn't that kind of, uh, what's the problem? It doesn't matter. You can be sprinkled. They can pour it over you. It can be, you know, when you're children, it can be in, in the titles of Father, Son, Holy. What's the, what's the difference? It doesn't matter. Hey, he said, let me ask you how you were baptized. Why would he bring something like that up? Because this is the gospel, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ comes to pass as we follow Jesus in our death to an old life when we turn away from sin and turn to Jesus. We bury that old life. According to Romans 6, we're buried with him in baptism, buried in Christ, and we rise with the power of God. We have a resurrection experience through the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He said, how then were you baptized? He said, under, under what were you baptized? He said, under John's baptism. Then Paul said, then said Paul, John verily baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. That's where the authority is. That's how we pray. That's how we tell the devil to get out of here in Jesus' name. 
And that's how they baptize every single time. Acts 2, Acts 8, Acts 10, Acts 19 here. They baptize calling on the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. And when Paul, listen now, laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them. and They spake with tongues and prophesied. All the men were about 12. Hallelujah. There is a, such a need in this day to recognize that as you, as you grow and as you go on in God to, to understand a lot of folks come to church and, well, tell me something good. Tell me how to straighten out my life. Tell me how to get rid of my habits. Tell me how to deal with hurt, anger, fear, and anxiety. Help me how to uh, overcome these things. And, and all those things are, are, are good, I suppose. But really, what we need is God's power within us. The more people try to build their own confidence, build their own uh, strength and, and their own identity, the more, if you're honest with yourself, you realize there's an emptiness inside. Yep. There's something in me that is lacking. I need God's power. Yes. Can I tell you, before Paul ever started preaching to them, talking about them, about specifics, about their walk with God, hey, do you know that God wants to fill you with his Holy Ghost? Today, I know we, we've kind of pushed it aside. We've kind of pushed it away. But this life that I want to talk to you a little bit more about today to the church is more than just an add on, more than just something that that is a good idea that some people get. And I've heard people say, well, it's a gift. So is salvation. Get it. Yeah. Amen. It's a gift. That doesn't mean I need to so much get it. Hey, everything God gives you, if you take your next breath, that's a gift from God. Amen. God wants to dwell within you. He wants to fill you with his power and it's for you. And there's nothing that we can do as you read this New Testament in your Bible. And I pray you doing it that you'll find out none of this is on our own strength. None of this is our own our own will. In fact, there's a battle that's going on in every one of us. That old life tries to come back to you that old life those old habits that old way of thinking that old way of living that we so often stand up in church even today i think it was my wife talking about the mercy of god and saying you know what thinking about what god did and how god changed me brother mike also sharing that testimony of an old life and how much mercy god's shown on us but hey let's be honest that old life it's dead and it's buried and we're living in a new life but it tries so hard to come on back and knock on the door and say, hey, remember me? Yeah, yeah. Amen. Yeah. Hey, look at Acts, the fourth chapter. I'm not sure exactly how much time passed between Acts, the second chapter, and Acts, the fourth chapter. Other than it was two chapters. But Acts 4, verse 31, talks about them going through some trials. Talks about the church facing adversity. Buckle up. It's going to happen. Amen. You're going to face trials. Your family's going to face trials. The church is going to face trials. Don't think it's strange concerning the fiery trials which are to try you. Amen. They're coming. Uh, the, the enemy's coming strong against the church. And what do they do? They get together and pray. The Bible's, look what it says in verse 31. You can read that whole chapter sometime when you, when you have time. But look how they respond to this. Acts 4, 31. And when they had prayed, 
I've got something very practical today for the church. I've got something very uh, just just heart to heart with the church, really, if you will. But I want to help us, every one of us, really recognize that you can pray and still not really engage in the spirit. Amen. Let let me read this and get, get to what I'm saying. Acts 4 verse 31. When they prayed, look what happened. The place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness. Now the enemy was trying to intimidate them. The enemy was trying to hinder them. But what they did is they joined together, like Brother Chris was talking about in his testimony some, they joined together in prayer and the Holy Ghost showed up. Now listen to me, that is not just happenstance. There's a way to touch the Spirit of God. I know a lot of people talk about the sovereignty of God and when God pours out His Spirit, it's just a, a, a sovereign move of God. God just chooses almost seemingly randomly what age He's going to just move in a special way or what place or what method. But can I tell you what God's waiting on? God's waiting for hungry hearts to enter into His Spirit, to call on His Spirit, to allow God to be the center point of that prayer meeting. I was talking with someone here just uh, uh, about a week or so ago, and they were we were just talking about just it, it wasn't even so much spiritual things, but figure this it, it turned out to be that way. But they were talking about trying to do better at some things and really working on some things, and I told them kind of what we say around here sometimes, and uh, I was reminded of this again when we were praying about this message today. I said, well, there is something that you really need to understand no matter what it is they say uh they were they were telling me i'm really working at at practicing and really trying to get some of this in every day disciplining myself to do it every day and every day so it just becomes natural to me and i said that's awesome but listen to me that practice we we've said it around here i know you've heard me say practice makes perfect is what a lot of folks say but We need to understand perfect practice makes perfect. What do you mean by that? What I mean is if you're doing the wrong thing 10,000 times, what's going to happen is going to come second nature to you to do it poorly. You have to look into what you're doing and how you're doing it and say, maybe get some help. Or maybe get, uh, maybe work on understanding one way or another how you can improve in that and Doing, repeating something poorly over and over and over again without really having a goal of what you're trying to improve on is really going to be more damaging than good. You ever just hear something all your life mispronounced? And then you go to say it and you know it's not the way it's pronounced, but that's just how you've always heard it. And it's almost impossible to get it out of your head because it's just in your brain that way. I joke about this to this day. We, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm sure I've mentioned it from the pulpit before, but uh, there, we were telling this story that was going around. Brother Thrasher and I were joking about it uh, one time when he came here to, to, to preach, but we were laughing because this man must have gotten up in a church meeting and all kind of people there and was talking about how important prayer and fasting and dedication are to a move of God, to revival. But he, he kept using the word detrimental which does not mean useful. Right. 
and he just preached in front of a large audience. Prayer is detrimental to revival. Fasting is detrimental to a move of God. And he said it over and over and over again. And somebody went up to him after the service and said, did you know you just preached against prayer and fasting, basically, and said it's going to destroy? Uh, What? Yeah, you did. Oh. But the funny thing about that is not that poor man, but the fact that we were joking about it and talking about it and everybody that we got a chance to repeat the same thing. It's like, that's just so funny, somebody getting up there and, and using a word so improperly. Don't you know, Brother Thrasher got up here one night and started preaching about prayer. and said, prayer is detrimental to revive. And he turned around and looked at me and said, I said it, didn't I? <laughs> I said, yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. And he just turned, uh, and he turned around and just kept preaching. Uh, But what happens is you get something in you over and over and over again. Amen. It it doesn't matter how many times you do it. If you're doing it wrong, it's going to still, it's going to be harder and harder to break that. That's why sometimes the people that do the best in church are the ones that don't have the years and years of of ritualism and traditions of men, but can come in and say, I don't know anything. Amen. But we who are filled with the Holy Ghost also have the ability to get ourselves in a rut. We have the ability. Listen now. Like when we read here in Acts 4, this didn't just happen. Wow, they prayed and God moved. No, I'm going to tell you what. Holy Ghost anointed prayers move God. Amen. I don't care what the devil's fighting you with. If you call out to God with a humble, honest heart, God will move. There is nothing that the enemy can do to stand in the way of a God that loves you and hears your cries. Amen. It's not always easy. It's not always. I don't know how easy it was for these guys to be praying in Acts, the fourth chapter. I, I don't know how it flowed for them. I know that they had been threatened and intimidated, but they got together and said, we're going to pray anyhow. And when they prayed, the Holy Ghost shook that place. That kind of shaking is still available today. But so often we get ourselves in a rut. So often we get ourselves where we've got, it it just doesn't seem so bad. We're tired. We're struggling. We, We have battles, and sometimes the battles have layers of more battles and another battle, and, and things get in our minds, and it's so hard to, hard to just worship God and break through because of very serious things we're dealing with. Amen? It's not something that, I, that I'm pointing to you and saying that it's evil and it's wrong, but it's, what can happen is we can justify an experience where we go through the motions of a prayer, and at least I'm praying. Amen. At least I'm doing what I need to do. I'm going to get it done. I'm going to, I'm going to get somewhere and I'm going to talk to God. Great, great, great. But after a while, well, you know, maybe my day went long and I didn't have a lot of time and I'm so tired and so busy. Are you hearing me today? Then after a while, we come to the house of God and it's just a routine and a ritual and we're going through the motions. And you know what? For the spirit of God to work, we've got to dig in and let God work. Amen. Prayer was never meant to be something to be practiced without the Spirit of God. 
Does the Spirit of God show up? Man, I, I tell you, when God filled me with the Holy Ghost, I was 16 years old. God filled me, and, and I spoke in other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. And I, there, there was not a doubt. Somebody asked me here recently, just kind of casting doubt, trying to look for reasons of people that he talked to and said, you know what, there is no Spirit. I said, I'll tell you what, when God did it, he did it. There was no question about it. God filled me. It was a crazy situation, but God showed up anyhow. And it was just me loving God and God doing what he said he would do. And it was just like the Bible said. But just not knowing a whole lot of anything and being just a, 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 a wet behind the ears teenager, I went home that day and I said, God, this isn't something I just want to put on for church. I want to have this in my home. I want to have this in my bedroom. I want to have this when I pray, God, this is too good to just be something that is around everybody. This is between you and me. And I went home without the music, without the drums, without the people uh, telling me, come on, come on, don't give up. And just got there and loved Jesus. And he filled me up again that night. Amen. Amen. And I found out you do it every day of your life if you let him. If you make it a point to say, you know what, my prayers got to be more than just me saying a bit. But there's times where we got to enter in and let God's spirit take control. That's in everything we do. Look what it says, Romans, the eighth chapter, Romans eight. Let's look at it again. We have such a blessing as children of God to have our lives just intertwined, just braided with the spirit of God. But we do have the ability to go through the motions. Amen. Just like any kind of conversation, we can be distracted. We can have other things on our minds. We can be just trying to get through this so I can move on to the next thing I need to do and check this off my my to-do list. Or we can put our hearts into it. Putting our hearts into prayer and the presence of God means letting God's Spirit work in our prayers. Look what it says in Romans 8. Verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. Listen to this. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Chastisement of our peace was upon him. By his stripes we are healed. And it talks about our infirmities that some often are connected with sickness and with, with physical uh, needs of healing. But infirmities is so much more than that. It's our weakness. It's just It can be our spiritual needs. It can be our physical needs. It can be emotionally, mentally, things that we're struggling with. You're weak. I'm weak. Without God, amen? Amen. We're not capable of doing. Listen, we're not capable of doing the very least of what God wants us to do. In this service, after the service, in our homes, we need God. Look what it says, though. Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. Do you ever feel that way? Maybe, maybe you haven't. But the truth is, so often there's more going on than what we even recognize from our perspective. You know not what you need to pray as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercessions for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Listen, he said, searcheth the hearts, knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. That's saying 
I'm going to do my best. Say, God, I need your help. God, I need you to work in this situation. God, I need you to move. God, I see the problem. But you know what? When you get in the spirit and pray in the spirit, are you hearing me? When you let God start working, God will start interceding. God will start working through your prayers, hitting the root of the matter sometimes. He's telling us. There's times you don't know how you ought to pray. He's not saying, hey, you know those times you don't know, even know how to pray? Yeah. He's going to step past that and saying, there's times you don't know. Yeah. You see things a certain way, but God's Spirit will pray through you. Right. Amen. Right. I found myself just laying in bed in the early morning hours, and an old friend just came into my heart, and I, I couldn't shake it. I just started praying, saying, I don't know, I don't even know where they are, God, but I, I, I know you're laying Laying them, start praying for, for their family and just thinking about how old their, their children must be and hoping maybe they're all right and still, still in church living for God. I, I didn't know. I haven't heard from them forever, but I thought, Lord, you, you just have them in my heart so strong. You see, when God starts moving, sometimes you're praying in the spirit. You might be interceding for, for somebody else even that needs you at that time. And you don't need to know. You just need to obey God. Amen. There's times in your spirit. Listen, I would say, you say, well, speak for yourself. I will. There's times that I think I've got a pretty good idea where I'm lacking or where my struggle is, but I don't know it like God knows it. Sometimes I can say, God, I've, I've opened up this heart and been vulnerable to you every way I know how, but God, you really see what's in me. And Lord, I just want you to help me. You know how to deal with things. You know how to work in things, God. And the Spirit of God will start to intercede. That's why it's so important not to go days and days and weeks. and Let the Spirit of God work in you. Let the Spirit of God pray in you. Amen. Don't, don't get satisfied. Don't get in a rut where you can pray and feel good about praying. And not let the Holy Ghost be the center of that prayer. Amen. Some of you may be new. To, to be and filled with the Holy Ghost, it's, it's, uh, you're working through some things and growing in that. But some of you that have been in this for a while, it, it ought not take a whole lot just to get in the Spirit. It ought not be so difficult to just, uh, just to yield to God and say, okay, God, you're here and you're working and, 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 uh, hallelujah. Let's go. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Look what it says back in our, uh, in our, uh, text, Jude 1, verse 20. But ye beloved, Building up yourselves in your most holy faith. Now we talked about it, and there's a lot of misunderstandings in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, talking about the gifts of the Spirit. And there's a lot of ways that churches that believe in a Pentecostal experience, an experience that happened on the day of Pentecost, a lot of confusion sometimes. A lot of things that are not decent and in order. Absolutely. A lot of things that lack... The teachings of the word of God very truthfully. But, amen, when we look and, and say, God, I want to do your will your way. Right. Talks about how there's times when spirit of God showing up. We talked about it, I think, the other day, just being an interruption. Yeah. I can't really remember the last time that's ever even happened. We had some things almost happen, but kind of took care of that. But nothing that was just just out of place, out of line, really like that. But we have, but we told you that sometimes, you know, that person that might just be kind of 
intruding with their gift, they can just cause confusion rather than help and edification. And it says they might be edified. They might leave that service and say, Ooh, I felt God so good. Yeah. Oh, I feel so blessed. And everybody else says, oh, that was, that was distracting. Yeah. That was kind of, kind of not in the vein of the Spirit of God. But there is a time for every single one of us, like it says here in Jude, to build ourselves up. See, as the body, we grow to build one another up. When we gather, our focus is to edify one another. Seek to excel under the edifying of the church is what he said. Amen. Try to use your gifts the best way possible to strengthen and build. And, and thank God for, for what's happening in that. Amen. But when we're praying in our own prayers, maybe even around this altar, uh, you can be built up. Anybody feel like the enemy tries to wear them down and you need edified? Anybody ever feel like you, you've been going through just, just hard, hard times and you need your faith strengthened and built up? That's what he's talking about. Building up yourselves on your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. We're in battles. We're in battles. And battles by definition. It's not easy. It's not easy. You're going to get attacked by, in ways that you, you, you're going to find out the devil doesn't play fair. Amen. But can I tell you, the Bible says the righteous are what? As bold as a lion. Amen. How do you get that boldness? How do you face your day with real boldness? With real strength in your spirit? It happens by finding a place in prayer. Finding a place in the Spirit of God where the word that you've been hearing, the word that you've been reading gets branded into your spirit. Amen. And that when you face the devil, when you face persecution, when you face the obstacles and challenges of your life, you stand bold because you know you can't be intimidated. You can't be shaken. You know who you are. You know what your life is about. You know your goals and you know what you, that you're in God. And when the devil tries to shut you down and tear you to pieces, you can stand bold as a lion because you spent time in his presence. When you are, are filled with his power and you're praying in that spirit, your faith gets built up. Amen. Amen. The kind of integrity that we talk about where Joseph was able to stand after he was hated, after he was lied about, after he was shackled and sold into slavery by his brothers, hurt and betrayed. Other than that, everything was going well, I suppose. And he, God blesses him, and then he is seduced by Potiphar's wife. Rather than use every excuse he could to say, you know what, you know what kind of day I had today? If you only knew what I've been through. He said, how can I sin against God? How can I do this against God? How does that happen? Because he had a walk with God that was more than just surface level. You can stand against temptation. You can stand against every lie of the enemy. You can stand with boldness. Praise God. Because you know this word is in your heart, burned into your heart through the fire of the Holy Ghost. I said it earlier. I want to say it again. I see so much in this world because of the hurt, because of the, the battles, the trauma that people have been through, trying to figure out through a lot of different techniques, a lot of different uh, 
methods, I guess, the best they know how to do, try to try to put forth confidence. And, you know, being honest and being real with people, you find out that so often the best that we can do is just very, very, very thin veneer on the surface. But underneath there's still the fears, there's still the the battles that we we want to overcome. Like Paul's just... Uh, I, I want to do better, but I, I, I keep going back into the same routines. I, I, I know what I should do, but I don't. Yeah. Amen. And sometimes what you find out is some of the people that are that are struggling the hardest and putting out there just a, 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 a an arrogance that that hurts and tears down inside. They they're so afraid and, and they hate themselves for it. And. God goes down into our hearts. And Christian, we're not immune to some of these struggles. We're not immune to some of the battles that we face. Without what we're talking about. Because we can get ourselves into these routines where we get so at ease in Zion. That the enemy starts to to work on us. and, And steal that confidence. Steal that boldness. Steal that power. Start to make us question ourselves and, and start to get us in a place where, where we're fearful or we're, we're, we're unsure whether, when we ought to be standing bold and saying, devil, you're going to move. This church is built, hallelujah, by Jesus Christ and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That kind of boldness comes from a people that are born in the fire and praying and holding fast in the fire of the word of God and the spirit of God. First Corinthians 14, we've been Quoting parts of it, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 15, look what he says. What is it then? 1 Corinthians 14, verse 15, I will pray with the Spirit and I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing in the, with the Spirit and will sing with the understanding also. Let me tell you today that there is a time to pour our hearts out to God but there is also a, a, a time to be filled with his spirit, renewed in his spirit, to make sure that our walk with him, our prayers, our worship, even time here as we are, are in the word of God, that the spirit of God is in the midst of it. Amen. Because in our best, we're weak. In our best, we can't overcome the battles that, that continually come our way. But through his spirit, we can face the most difficult trials. Listen. Look around. People have been saying, oh, my life, trouble's coming. Trouble's, trouble's, trouble's arrived. Right. Look around. Yeah. The devil is, is having a heyday. But we are victorious. Yes, but not through our will, not, through, not by might nor by power, but by thy spirit, yeah. saith the Lord of hosts. You can face the most difficult thing that comes your way. In his spirit, you can face whatever comes against you. We can face whatever comes against us in his spirit. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Power God is available for each one of us today. But we all need to look at our lives and say, God, do I let you show up? Do I 
have this kind of experience, Lord, regularly. Because so often we're not careful. We can slip into a a prayer life. Personal time. That's just no different than anything else in our lives. Just get through it. Just another chore. But you're filled with the Holy Ghost. But you've got the power of God in you. That's where the supernatural happens. That's where you're... You have power in your life that's greater than your best. The very best I can do is just my old life with, without the Spirit of God. It's just me falling all over myself and doing the things that I know I should be doing better. But with Him, all things are possible. Come on, let's find a place to pray. Let God's Spirit work in you. Let God's power show up in you. Lord, help me not to allow myself to get into a run. Help me not to get so, Lord God, complacent that, Lord, your Spirit is not there daily. There's a blessing in this house. Not without a battle, not 
without a fight. And we're going to overcome through His Spirit. We're going to overcome through His Word. We're going to overcome, praise God, everything the enemy has when we allow Him to just work in us just like it was on the day of Pentecost. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Let's all stand. Father, thank you for your presence here today. Thank you for your love and your kindness, God. Lord, thank you for just, Lord, the blessings of knowing, God, you filled us with your power. God, I pray for each one today that we can look at our lives, Lord, and just dig a little deeper, Lord. Just let your power work in each one of us in a greater measure. Bless each one now, I pray. Keep us safe as we travel home. And Lord, bless the service tonight, God. We give you all the praise. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.